Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. We are currently driving around in the rain in Sydney. I came down for a work trip to MC a good friend of mine's uh, film launch. He had a feature film that he made and I got to go and MC it. It was incredible. But dad picked me up from the airport and we thought we would just sort of shoot the shit and see if it is possible to do an episode of Loose Ends in the ute. Because dad, you used to actually record in the ute before you had your setup, didn't you? Paul, I love my ute. That's on the public record. Yeah. We're actually driving my ute. Well, you're not. You're a backseat driver, although you're in the front seat. Um, I forgot to get the little plastic steering wheel for you. <laughs> Fuck off. But um, now we're driving in the rain, in the ute. Now, funnily enough, listeners, we all remember that my ute was involved in that car accident a few mm. weeks ago. Mm. So when I picked Paul up from the airport yesterday, I picked him up in a beautiful... I would describe it as luxurious motor vehicle with a camera mm. um, for when you're reversing, which I've never never used one before. Um, so the insurance company settled on the uh, on the accident on the claim, and I'm pretty excited because I've done well financially. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> look, one of the things weird, doesn't it? It yeah. does. One of the things I'm curious about is okay, so. Technically speaking, you're not allowed to talk on the phone while driving, right? Correct. Well, I'm not, because you're holding it. Yes, but you are recording a podcast with your son whilst driving. Is that not more distracting than a phone call? No, no, no. I Because uh, I go through imaginary scenarios when I'm by myself in the ute. What does that mean? It means... <laughs> well, I talk to myself. I mean, not not out loud. Mentally, I talk to myself. Yeah, that's... You know, when I get a good idea, because I'm an ideas person... I thought I was an ideas person. We're both ideas people. Okay. Um, so we're driving currently through a suburb in Sydney um, called... It's not Rose Bay, is it? No, no, it's... Um... It's not Vaucluse? <laughs> no, it's... Um... Oh, shit. This is good content. Here... Stopping at a red light. Here, a 61-year-old man trying to figure out where he is. Paul, do you have to go on about my age? No, I just think it helps kind of... If anything, it makes your accomplishments more accomplished. Hmm. Uh, now, we actually had a whole bunch of people send in really, really great messages involving scary stories of theirs. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pause this recording, and when you hear us next in a moment, we will be back in the apartment where mum and dad live, and we'll be reading out some of your scary stories. Will I get scared? That's really up to you. Um, it's an emotion that's very hard to control. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, now back to the suburb we're in um, oh almost witnessed a terrible accident wow how exciting people in these suburbs that are very affluent um, 
in my opinion, have a they drive with an air of, of, of privilege, entitlement. Oh, yes, yeah, some serious. That that was some serious road rage there. If you're from Melbourne, if you ever want to see that kind of driving, just go to the corner of Turak Road and Grange Road and watch people. Oh, there he goes. God. He's in a brand new Range Rover. He's cutting people off. And then there's a guy in an Audi up there who's acting like an absolute tosspot. And we're not here to kind of bitch about people's driving. What we're going to do is we will kind of jump cut this. And next time you hear us in, in a moment, we'll be back in the Verhoeven residence talking through some of your ghost stories. And um, the suburb is double bay. Well, it is now, but we've been driving for five minutes. So Good point. Yeah. So we've been through a few suburbs. Um, I'm just checking out the guy on the Range Rover. He's a psycho. The windows are tinted, so we can't... No, it's probably uh, a gangster, quite possibly. I'm thinking of one gangster in particular, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if that was him. I rest my case. Are you serious? Moderately. Okay, we're back. Dad, one thing that we've never actually talked about on Loose Units, which is what this podcast is, welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, is the fact that road rage is a real thing, and what we just saw while on the road is, you know, it's road rage. Could you please talk us through any encounters you've had with road rage? And, like, is it a... First of all, it's a real thing, right? Yeah, it's a real thing. Um, it's weird how we were just doing that four-minute sort of bite sound bite while we were driving in the rain mm-hmm. through that, that suburb. Mm. And there was what I would describe as a major altercation between two two guys. Yeah. Um, sorry, guys, but it generally is guys, but not always. Um, but statistically, it's... Well, it's testosterone, right? It's just this... And, and, you know, one guy's driving a black um, Range Rover. Sorry to all the Range Rover listeners with dark windows. Yes. So you can't see the guy. And it's just a minor, minor traffic infringement. I mm. mean, you can bet your bottom dollar that the guy in the Range Rover yes. would not have reacted that way if it had been a highway patrol car. Can you imagine? That's so the, yes. so we, we kind of pick our... We, we pick the soft target. Yep. And it's really, and you know, I've seen road rage. There've been some terrible, terrible cases. There was a there was a case a few years ago in Manly where a young girl pee plater, so she's assuming maybe seventeen years of age. Yeah. This guy in a big, um, like a fifteen, maybe twenty ton truck. He was so incensed that he followed her. She was so scared. She ended up driving into an underground car park in Manly, he pulled up and he actually came down into the car park. No. She was hiding underneath a car. No. No, it's really, really bad. Now, fortunately, and she managed to film him, you could see like out of a fucking horror film where she was filming him, but she could only see his feet. She's under the car. How have I not heard of this? This was in, It was in the local paper, in Jesus. the Manly Daily, and yeah. they got footage of the truck. Mm. They never ever caught this scumbag. But what an animal. You imagine if he had a founder, he would have dragged her out from underneath the car, mm. and, and God knows. And being in a car park, then she's in a place of, it's dark, It's there's no one around, she's vulnerable. You can only imagine what he may have done to her. So what, what like... When, when, okay, what you're describing seems to be just people with a rage on, and they just sort of want to... I mean, what is the goal? I know I'm oversimplifying, but what is the ostensible goal of someone who is in the midst of a rage out? Because one time we were parked on that kind of, you know, that big kind of dip in the road near where we used to live in um, Harbord at that intersection. Mm. And I was, I was very young at this point, And I remember seeing a guy get out of a car, mm. storm 
forward about three cars and then snap the uh, the um the antenna yeah. off another car. Yeah. And you said, oh, that's road rage. Yeah. And that's the first time I ever came aware of the concept. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, you remember that story about the the guy, the the firefighter that um he thought I'd left early at Manly Fire Station. Yes, and he threw you up against the car. Yeah. Well, that same guy. Mm. Um, when we were working at another fire station, he used to ride a, um, a big motorbike mm. and he actually came into to work one afternoon and he'd put his helmet through a lady's windscreen because she cut him off. Now, that is incredible road rage. Uh, that, that was actually a bit, of a bit of a shit fight because that kind of had to be, um, shall we say, um, discreetly dealt with. Um, I mean... Yeah. So wait till he got away with that. Correct, yeah. That's not good. No, no, but yeah. There's a, there's a backstory that we won't go into. But it's... I'll tell you off, Mike. But it just goes to show you. Now, this... So road rage. There was a case on a bridge in Sydney on the... Uh, now, let me think. It's the... Called the... Uh, what's the... The Anzac Bridge? Yes. Which kind of links... For listeners that don't know, it links the inner city to the sort of inner western suburbs. And there was a taxi driver who got involved with an altercation, you know, a minor, minor traffic altercation, and he ended up being murdered by these four guys. And then um, a family friend, Paul, that you, he used to be our, our electrician. Remember? Yep. Now, he had a bit of a bit of a dodgy past. and I seem to recall liking him. You know, lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely. But he was actually, he came around to our house one day when we used to live in Harbord, and mm. he was, he was, he had, he had a severe, um, you know, drug problem. And he was on Valium, and he was he was ripped. He was off his face. He was in a sort of a semi-catatonic state. And what I did, I sat him down at the back of our house, and I brought all you kids out, the three of you, yeah. and sat you down opposite him, because I wanted to, I wanted you all to experience what drugs could do to you. And it was really kind of it was like a like a, a, a taking you into a classroom. But did you not feel like that was a little bit exploitative? No, because for him? we all knew him. No, no, he he no. I just he he loved you kids. Would he mind hearing? I mean, is this not outing him as, no, a, as no, an no. addict on the show? No. You sure? 100%, because I don't oh. think he's around anymore. What? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, and his father was um, a very senior officer in the New South Wales Fire Brigade. I really liked him. Yeah, lovely guy. And um, Damn, he, he was I'm... amazing. But he had a serious... Um, Look, that's not why we're. No, sort of, can but, I be honest? I don't ever recall there being any. No, judgment. but he was a heavy dude. He was a, he'd, he'd done some a bit of time, serious oh, time. But what, yeah, but he was actually he was involved in a road rage incident in Manly Vale on Sydney's northern beaches. The road rager or the ragey? No, he was he was he'd accidentally, mm. as often happens, you know, you make mistakes on the road. Mm. But what happened was he then drove into Coles, uh, like a shopping centre car park. Funnily enough, next door to our first apartment that we bought in Manly Vale. Yes, another one. And um, he, these, this car followed him into the car park, and it was it had some really tough guys. Now, the guy that I'm talking about, he was actually an ex-professional boxer, and he also played first-grade rugby league, so he, he could really look after himself. Mm. <clears throat> and um, when he got out of the car, and he was got a, he was considering going and saying to these guys, look, you know, just back off, because he's a pretty tough guy. Yeah. And then he said that the four guys got out and one of them had an iron bar and then realised that, you know what, there's always someone tougher than you are. Mm. He got back in his car and pissed off. So imagine these four guys that got out, at least one of them had an iron bar. Mm. That means to me that these guys actually are kind of 
they're already prepared for incidents, right. and um, and and that and that's pretty scary. One of the things I noticed when dealing with bullies growing up is that they're ready to go. You know what I mean? Like they they have the apparatus mentally and physically. They they know, and angry people in general, specifically angry men, seem really ready they're looking for an excuse to pop off it's not like you've actually provoked them right it's not Mm. like the thing you did is actually that bad they are ratcheted up to red line already Mm. and you push them over that Mm. so it's not that you did something so egregious it's more like you know you would be walking through i'd be walking down the street and i would see people and you would look at them and they're like what the fuck are you looking at like they are ready to go yeah it's like they're but there's been a famous book um it's called roid rage right and one of the fire stations i worked at on the northern beaches, there was a guy that was heavily into steroids. Mm. And there were all these holes at the back of the police station, no. inside the police station, no. and where this guy used to regularly put his fists through doors. And there, there, were, there were holes in the doors. And I, at, when I first went to that particular police uh, fire station, sorry, um, which was Forestville, I'll, I'll say what station it was, and he was on another platoon, and he was a he was like a a guy that was continually felt that if you just he was the sort of guy that you would never go up from behind and just tap him on the shoulder right because he would just swing around with a fist and take out your your whole face right he was he was continually angry and how is that i mean that's a very bad trait to have in the emergency services and you talked listeners through the rigorous training process how in that process did they not go oh shit this guy's crazy yeah but the thing paul is that like a psychopath and a sociopath he hides it they they, they conceal it yeah. and um and they become <clears throat> masters or mistresses of their own sort of demonic Sort of, they, they they are more than aware. Right. They know how to charm people, mm. and um, that's why at the end of the day, I'm very kind of particularly with the media, um, with what's happening. A lot of stuff's happening in the media at the moment, and I kind of would like to just run across the. <clears throat> um, in fact, what I'm about to say is somewhat simplistic, mm. but sometimes I'm tempted to just run across the like in the studio, sort of sneak into the studio mm. live and run across and say, "Let he who is without sin." cast the first stone because I have a real problem in life because whenever you've got the human condition I mean who in the world is perfect now I'm not sort of justifying things but you know I think when people set themselves up as these sort of I think we've got to be very careful in this climate of of sort of trial by media and I know that it's been happening for a long long time but mm. it's so instant now and I think we need to remember due process in life so yeah, look, you know, my advice to people driving, and I, I do a lot of Ks uh, in the Ute. Um, I've done a quarter of a million in this particular vehicle, and, you know, I'm on the road every single day, and I get to see a lot of shit happening on the road. Mm. And um, and people do insane things. Paul, we were driving. Do you recall when... Oh, hang on, no, I hadn't... I was going to pick you up this morning. Yeah. And a car did this Yui in the rain right in front of me, and it was really, really dangerous. Mm. And, I, and I used the horn, and I rarely do that. Um, but it, it was just, I thought, what? A, but people do make mistakes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, what's interesting is when you picked me up from the airport yesterday... I was talking to you about uh, a secret project and how people in the secret project wanted to know about more about you and more about your psychological profile. And I said that Tian mentioned that you drive a very particular way. And I was, t- <laughs> I can see your face. I was talking to you about your driving style and what we think it says about you as a person. You are a very good driver and you've been driving, you know, professionally basically for many years. I mean, you're a ladder driver, you drove in pursuits, high, high speed chases, you know, you are a very accomplished driver, but as a result, you are very, uh, very fast. Choose your words very carefully, Paul. You zip around (laughs) with a kind of decisive fury. It's emotionless, it's cold and it's frightening. Paul, you are just, you know, listening to your, your, your... (laughs) Your description of my yeah. driving, I find f- funny and bizarre. Well, Tegan said... That you don't drive. Yeah. Uh, you're, you are a backseat driver. Classic, <laughs> isn't it? You sit in the front seat. <laughs> I mean, you were giving me you were giving me hints today coming back of, oh, um, like there was a beautiful view of the harbour view and you said, oh, don't, don't look at it, Dad. No, I like, said, oh, look at the view. Well, not you, obviously, because you're driving. No. So then I actually, you didn't see this, but then I purposely looked at the view. Such a dick. For a long time. One of the things Tegan said is, because Tegan's a great driver. And uh, you've told Tegan she'd make a better cop than me, which is uh, completely true. I think she would. She has a certain ruthlessness and a practicality and a logic that I don't have. Yeah, but there are many, many sections within the police organisation. and I could be in the dandy squad. Paul, you could work undercover. Yeah, very specific cover. Um, but Paul, you, you've, you've, made, it, it's, you've make, made it sound like I, I drive... Fast. No, no, I don't. I don't break <clears throat> the speed limit. No, no. Let me let me just clarify. You drive like a like a robot programmed to drive perfectly. So you calculate that you can cross between X number of lanes at this speed and stop suddenly and do, you know you you just do it right. But being in the car with you, I mean, from the outside, I'm sure it looks fine. But being in the car with you is terrifying because it's like you. You've want- never said that to me before. Paul, but I, I'll take it on board and drive it twice the speed. I know, whilst looking at everything um, you can. No, no, but that's interesting, your perception. Mm. Uh, and, and yeah, that's that's fascinating. However, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Um, my driving record, from a sort of an offence perspective, yeah. is is borderline immaculate. No, I know it is. because I say I borderline. No, what it is, is it's hyper-competent. Right? Like hyper competent. So as someone who's in a car and is used to just drive, like being driven around, you know, moving at regular speeds, you move like a pinball, but you never break the law and you never exceed the speed limit. But there's a certain kind of 
precision to it, which is... It's so interesting hearing you say this, Paul. Um, I always you, feel safe, by the way. No, but, that's good yeah, to know. But yeah. you know how um, when I'm driving the ute... Some, well, you don't know this because I'm about to tell you and mm. the listeners, but um, sometimes Christine... She is a woman of few words. Mm. Sometimes when I'm driving, if she feels as though I'm going a bit too fast, she casually and very sort of surreptitiously, mm. she puts her right hand on my left leg and that's all she does. Right. And I know that that is a covert symbol. Slow down. To slow down, uh, which kind of internally infuriates me a little bit. Because I always say to Christine, look, why don't you drive the Ute? And I say that in a really nice way and that I think it's really important because she is a bloody good driver. Yes. She's, she's a, a really bloody top driver. Can she drive the Ute? Yes, she's driven it many times and learned how to drive on the Ute. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, but I was going to say something <clears throat> that I thought was relatively important, um, but it's beginning to... To slip away. Oh, um, and listeners, uh, I got the Ute back yesterday. Yes. And um, I've been... It, it was a win-win. I got to drive a really nice car for two weeks. And the insurance company have come to an, an amicable agreement. Yes. Where they're, they're, they've paid me out. Mm. Uh, which I'm really happy about. And this is the the accident that you posted and talked about where the car slid, got wedged under the tray, yep. and then has to get pulled out. And, and, and it, by the way, was a brand new Golf, and it is a total write-off. Right. So it's um, if you're going to be in a prang, uh, listeners, I may I commend a, uh, a, ute. a ute. Get in a ute. If it's a, if it's a rear end. How would you describe a ute to an American and overseas listeners? Because I feel like what they're thinking is sort of a pickup, but it's not really. It's no, a- it's more a tray top. So you've, you've just got a, like a, a single, in my case, a cabin with a bench seat. So it can only, in, it, by, by sort of, in law, you're allowed to have three people in my vehicle. Yes. It's got three seatbelts. Yeah. Um, but behind you is a, is a like a, a window mm. going to like a big aluminium tray and there's a like we call it a tonneau cover um, for like those a, overseas it's like, like a tarp a, like a tarpaulin but it's sort of rubberized canvas yep and <clears throat> um, supposed to be waterproof it's not um, but yeah that's that's the go-to vehicle but the, the downside of my vehicle is that in the wet if you accelerate because there's no weight in the back mm. you basically fishtail and lose control now i sometimes do that for fun and christine really hates it <laughs> i didn't know that oh, yeah she she thinks it's actually quite a dangerous car but i've come to uh to love my ute please don't crash the damn thing again no well get crashed into now uh this road rage segue has been really uh do you reckon anyone on a segue has ever gotten road rage those things don't get fast enough no, although the owner or the developer of Segway, you know what happened to him? Drove off a cliff. He drove off a cliff, but he did it, unfortunately, um, on purpose. No. Yeah. I thought it was an accident. No. God, wait a... Wait call, a... call Lifeline. In fact, every time Lifeline, and I'm not joking about Lifeline, yeah. I love Lifeline, mm. and I've often contemplated, and in fact, fairly recently contemplated becoming a, um, a counsellor. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, but I don't know how it'd go. I'd probably get so involved. You would get very invested. I think it's an interesting idea because I've often asked if you would ever go back to the emergency services. And this seems like a really interesting use. We were up at Vaucluse recently, yesterday actually. Yes, yeah. um, well, I mean, we were up at Vaucluse at the start of the episode. Yeah. And a dear friend of mine uh, lives up there. Well, his family lives up there. And there is a point uh, there where people... That I, that I offered to take you to, Paul. Yeah, where people throw and themselves... You said, 
And I, I understand. And yeah. I just thought, like, I didn't want to... I'm, it, I wasn't being morbid, but there mm. is a place um, up there, <clears throat> listeners, called The Gap. That's G-A-P. And, um, you know, it's a notorious place. And there have been cases... Uh, there's a resident, I'm not sure whether he's still there, but he used to get a sense when people were sort of, you know, looking a bit this is forlorn. E- this is exactly what I was about to say. Josh told me about this as well. Yeah. Josh he, said he kind of like, he knew of the guy. Yeah, and he, he, and he went and he'd talk to people. Yeah. And one very famous case that's very sad, listeners, um, is when a gentleman jumped off the gap and that guy, the neighbour, he, he caught his hat. What? Yep. Seriously? Yeah, the wind blew the hat as he was falling and he caught it. And I'm not joking. Apparently he won some sort of award, this guy. So I think he was a retiree and he basically yes. went, look, I'm, I'm here. I may as well help. Mm. So I guess the reason I'm mentioning that is because if, if any of this, and we're very big proponents of this, if any of this is sort of triggering, then please do reach out to Beyond Blue or what was the other one? Lifeline? Lifeline. But, yeah. but you know, in a, in a sort <clears> of a, bringing in a little bit of black humor, Paul, mm. you know, there's a show on the ABC called The Drum, Monday to Friday, 6 or 7. I'm not sort of plugging it at all. However, pretty well every single episode, and I'm punctuating my sort of intonation here, they say at the end of various segments, and they say it on the news as well, contact Lifeline. And I'm kind of thinking, how on earth do the people at Lifeline cope with this influx? Yes. I mean, there are only so many staff at Lifeline, Mm. and... You know, the, the, they must sort of think, oh, okay, hang on a sec, the drum's coming on, ABC News. These these would be triggers for them to sort of gear up because it's just so... There are so many topics. There's the the, the floods, any any disasters, the bushfires, mm. you know, COVID. There are just so many big things happening. And at least we're very fortunate in Australia to have that wonderful organisation called Lifeline. That's free. And, um, yeah, look, I tip my hat. Excuse that pun. Yes, but yes. You know, I think it's always very important to give back. Um, but look, I, I don't know how I'd go. I think, look, I'd really, I think I'd really, really love to do it. I remember Christine once when she was working for Centrelink, mm-hmm. um, she was about to go home and this, this poor, sad, young, well, she was 15 years of age. She was in a really terrible place and... She had no money. She had nowhere to go. It was winter. It was in, I think it was in southern New South Wales down in the Victorian border. And it, and Christine just had no way of helping this girl out. Christine had access to emergency, like serious emergency cash funds with Centrelink mm-hmm. to help out people that were literally on the verge of, of sheer um, destitution. Yes, yeah, like a parachute fund, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, but, you know, the timing was not right. And it was after hours and Christine, it really, really affected Christine. And I remember she came home that night and she was genuinely devastated for this. And she she spoke about it for some time and it affected me too. Mm. Because, you know, I mean, the temptation if you're working for a service like that would would be, I mean, I know they've got incredible protocols and they they monitor the conversations and they need to because they'd need to rein you in because imagine how affected you'd become. Mm. And, And if you knew that that person was close by, you might be tempted to say, look... I'll meet you after work and give you, but then it's a it's a Pandora's box, 100%. and I totally get it. Hundred percent. Now we were going to read some spooky stories this episode, but we're about to clock over time. You know what? I can read one real quick from one of our listeners. Okay, it's not related to the topic we've kind of gone on to now, um, but you've all sent so many great stories in, and I didn't want to miss 
out on anyone's messages. So this is from Belle. Hi guys, I have a ghostly story for you. I have to admit I'm quite a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal. At the same time, I'm open to be proven wrong. I recently did the Ghosts and Gallows tour at the old Boggo Road Jail in Brisbane. Have you heard of the old Boggo Road Jail? Boggo Road was one of the most notorious jails probably definitely in Australia. It's heavy. So if you are a person looking for the occult, this is a bad or good place to go. We entered the last cell block for the evening and turned off our torches as instructed, waiting for the guide to tell us hellish stories about the goings on over the years in the cell block. Her first words were, if you're standing in front of a cell door, I feel sorry for you. Jesus Christ, that's a fun thing to say. Of course, I was standing right in front of a cell door and thought, oh shit, let's see what happens here and continued to listen. About five minutes in, I felt a tingly feeling on my lower right leg, a feeling I'd never felt before. I told myself it was all in my head and continued to listen. A few stories later, she went on to tell us about a three-legged cat named Tripod who had lived at the jail for 16 years and taken care of, uh, and, and was taken care of by the prisoners. At the end of the story, she said, and if you're lucky, you may feel Tripod brush up against your leg. My eyes were as wide as a dinner plate and... My sphincter snapped shut. Yeah, you've made that phrase catch on. <laughs> I'm a cat lover, so I've no doubt old Tripod felt comfortable revealing himself to me. P.S. Love, love, love the show in every single episode I can find. I relate to something that has happened in my life. XXX. Thanks, Belle. So it was a ghost cat? Or did they just have a cat that they let wander around during story time? And because it's so dark, you would naturally assume... That's a cynical thing to think, isn't it? Did the cat wee on her? Uh, and I think it just brushed up against her. All right, okay. I know you don't like cats, but... No, I don't mind cats, but I don't want to upset any of our listeners, so I love all animals. You're a real fence-sitter, aren't you? Yep. See, when the mic's off, you tell me how you really feel that's about That's called cats. agnosticism. What? A fence-sitter. No, agnosticism is... is it means is... You're, you're just... You're a bit laissez-faire. So you think uh, it's like... So, an atheist is someone that has definitive, yes. firm beliefs. Yep. Atheist is maybe, maybe not. Okay, so you're a cat gnostic. Fence sitter. You're a cat gnostic. Although, yeah. So, it's a great story. Yeah. Um, excellent. And it's kind of good in that it does lend credence to the fact that she didn't know about the cat prior to. So, that became evident after. So, there's no sense of um, sort of where you... What's that phrase, the word, where you sort of imagine something that it actually happens oh it's so you ma- manifestation or yeah, something kind like of that? i know um, so i know the what you're thinking yeah, of. yeah yeah but yeah if you kind of plant that suggestion correct auto like i was going to say auto eroticism no but it's auto suggestion yeah <laughs> and you bite down on a slice of lemon and pat a cat um anyway what a strange way to finish this very strange but, episode but boggo road was, boggo a, road. was a was a i mean there are some very very notorious if i had to think about the most notorious jails in australia mm-hmm. and Listeners, I actually, I've been to Long Bay Jail, mm-hmm. not as an inmate, mm. but I was fortunate slash unfortunate to go to Parramatta Jail when I was in my very early 20s as a young police officer, mm. and that was a hellhole. And there could even be some listeners out there that have that actually even done... I'd, it'd be fascinating to actually hear from people that have actually done time, but Boggo Road yep. and Pentridge... Mm-hmm. Um, horrendous I don't know the equivalent if there was an equivalent in South Australia and yep. I certainly don't know about any terrible jails in uh, Perth mm. but I imagine there are so that'd be interesting to get some some you know some info on some of the more notorious and scary because prisons are sort of they're not one size fits all no you know there are there are prison farms yeah where if you're you know not super bad which is kind of you know, where like, Most if, people, I right? hate to say this listeners, but I'm going to put it out there. I hate to say it, but if you're a white collar criminal, mm. um, 
you're not going to be put in maximum security unless you are a white collar criminal who has also murdered and done all sorts of other terrible yeah, things. Yeah, see, we've already established if you've defrauded millions of people, you should be put in with murderers, in my opinion. Um, yeah, look, that's a very that, that's a very contentious <laughs> yes. uh, thing. But, yeah. You know, back in the day when I was a young policeman, there were people that were put in Long Bay Jail for non-payment of parking fines. Yeah, that's... And then we've, we've discussed it before, yep. where they'd get bashed, mm-hmm. permanent brain damage. I mean, you know, look, let's let's... I mean, in the States, there are um, people who are busted, you know, given decades for dealing weed. Now it's legal. They're still in prison. Well, that's just... That it's is, bullshit. Um, um, yeah. Everyone who... D- anyway. It's incredible. Prison reform is a really big thing. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As you can tell, Dad and I are actually in the same spot. We're actually in the same room. We went from ute to bedroom. Uh, so it's really nice to kind of sit in um, the family home and actually mm. have a chat. And can I just say one other thing, Paul? Yes. Um, I just... We, you and I just went out and had breakfast up the road. We did. And we were coming back. Yeah. And I, in a short period of time, mentioned um, a 20th century shop that sells beautiful furniture. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a beautiful four-wheel drive, the yep. Land Rover, which yep. is one of my favorites. Then I got on to, if you could climb up the little ladder at the back of the Land Rover, you could dance. And then I spoke about blah, blah, blah. And you, funnily, you said to me, you mentioned this thing that you can say what it is, but I, I found it so funny. It, it, I, I started laughing spontaneously. Do you think it's accurate? Can you explain to the... Yeah, I think Dad has uh, either ADD or ADHD, which is what I have. I think that's where I got it from because Dad was just hopping from subject to subject, not making eye contact, gesturing wildly, not looking where he was going and switching topics on a pin. And that is a just... He was so distracted and so... It's great, but I really think it's very apparent that whilst I did inherit a lot of your exaggeration, I also think I inherited... Something chemical, uh, and I think it's very clear. And hopefully, in the near future, you'll be able to see us on a stage together because that's when it's really obvious how how similar we are. Yeah. Have you heard of the Chemical Brothers? Yes. Well, we could be the Chemical Father and Son. That's a great note to finish on. A, a mediocre bit of wordplay. We miss you all terribly. We hope you're well, and we will see you early next week for another episode of Loose Units. Bye. Cheerio. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. 